Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Everywhere we go, people want to know who we are and where we come from. So who are you and where do you come from? I'm Leah. I'm originally from Crumlin, but I live in Loud. Leah, when I was doing um, the question box for season four, I put out and asked people who they wanted and your name came up quite a lot. So do you want to tell me why your name came up? I think it's genuinely just because people, an awful lot of people say to me that they like following me because I'm as open and I'm honest about an awful lot and there's no, there's no bullshit. Mm. I don't, I just don't hide anything. I say things how it is and I like to be real. And when you say you like to be real, in, on your page, what is your page about? It's a mix of everything at the minute. Right. Like... There, I had weight loss surgery in October. Okay. So I kind of talk about that. Um, but I have always used, like, kind of like the platform just to speak about rape and domestic violence, just from my past experiences. So I like to just be open about it and see if I can help anybody else. And I do get an awful lot of women who mail me and tell me that, like, they were in a violent relationship and my story kind of gave them the kick to leave or... The same with, like, abuse or something, you know. And it'd be a lot, like, I'd see women and you honestly wouldn't think it. You know, you think everything's perfect. Just, just people could say the same for me. Mm-hmm. And it's when they mail you and they say, they say, like, oh, well, I was in a really bad relationship or I was sexually abused or something like that. And you're just like, Jesus Christ. We really just don't know anybody mm-hmm. and what people go through. Well... During COVID, obviously, um, you know, there was a lot of talk around domestic violence and what was going on in the home because obviously you were locked in and women couldn't yeah. get away. So from the very beginning, do you want to tell me your story? Okay. Um, I, at 17, I was raped. Um, it was February 14th, 2010. I was, I don't know, I had these friends and, you know, these friendships where they kind of start to fizzle out. So that, I had these friends and the friendships were fizzling out, but they kind of, I was at home and they contacted me and said they were sitting in the house or something like that, excuse me, and did I want to go around? So I was like, yeah, feck it, I will. And I threw on, Jesus, what was it? A pair of jeggings, a pair of the pennies old boots mm. and a red Mr. Men hoodie mm. and I went around and whatever and that was grand but when I walked in there was like three or four blokes there as well and straight away I kind of was like not getting a great vibe you know I, I just I didn't want to be there 
So without making things awkward, I was I, I remember the day because Ireland was playing France in the rugby. I was a, I was a massive rugby fan. Mm. So I was like, right, I have to keep score, I have to keep check. And they were downstairs listening to music. Now, as far as I know, I don't even think any of them were drinking. Do you know what I mean? It wasn't as if it was a party or anything else. And I went upstairs, turned on the rugby for a sec, checked the score, and then I rang another group of friends. And I was saying, like, where are you? Is there any chance you can come around to me or meet you somewhere? And they were like, yeah, look. They were only, like, 10 minutes around the corner. So they were like, we'll come around and get you as soon as. That was grand. With that then, someone walked in the room. And it was, now I'd, I think I'd, see, I'd met him a week beforehand. He was a year younger than me. And um, I don't even know, like, it's like a blur kind of, you know. It just happened. And I remember being on the bed and I had, like, you know when you just, I was genuinely trying to fight him. But like, like you'd have looked at this chap and you, and then he'd have looked at me and people like, right, you, she can take him. We, when you're put in a situation like that, it's like you just freeze. Everything just goes completely numb and you don't know what to do. And uh, I don't know. Do you just have him. I don't know, like, it just happened. Um, like, I don't even know why I'm getting upset. Take your time. Take your time, honestly. I've said, I always say it, Leah, just take your time. You know, like, because like, I was still, I would have still been a virgin as well. So I just remember an awful lot of pain. And, um, like, I had bite marks all over me. I had bruises all over my legs and my arms. And I remember he just got up. And walked downstairs. And that was it. And I was left upstairs. And I said nothing to nobody. Oh, the people in the house just thought, she was up down sex. That was it now. I kind of, obviously for me not having sex before, I didn't know mm. if it was normal with the bleeding and everything else. I mm. wasn't sure. But there was an awful lot of blood. And um, I ended up... I left the house, and as I was leaving the house, they were all downstairs, and they were slagging me and taking the mick out of me, and they had Leona Lewis bleeding love playing because there was so much blood, so they were taking the piss out of me. And I met the, the other group of friends. They brought me... I didn't say that to them at the time. They knew there was something wrong, and I just said, I'm having to have a text. That's all I said. But they obviously knew there was something wrong because there was so much blood. Like, literally, you just had to touch, and it was everywhere. So one of the girls brought me back to her house, and she was helping me clean up. And I remember she, I was like, what are you supposed like, what are you going to say to your family if they see all the blood? And she was like, I'll just tell them you had a nosebleed. Relax, it's grand. So I obviously didn't want to go home and say anything to my parent, like, well, to my mum. And we got my bag of clothes and I think they put them into someone's wheelie bin. I had had to change clothes. And they brought me home. I remember sitting down on the sofa, but I was in that much pain, you know, like trying to sit down without hurting yourself. That's the way I was. And there was just... My mum knew straight away there was something wrong. 
she she clocked it and there was blood all over like the I had put my hoodie on the the bottom of me so I wouldn't get blood on the sofa because I think at the time I think my mom had like this orange sofa and I didn't want to stain it but I went into the bathroom and just like when I say the blood was just everywhere it was just you know it was just it wasn't it wasn't stopping there was no end to it so I just said I'm gonna have a shower I was still kind of not thinking straight I wasn't I was trying to get as well into my head of what happened and you know because like back then like you you would have kind of heard of right mm. but but it wouldn't have been a big thing like I wouldn't have really heard about it mm. you know but I remember just getting into the shower and the girls were helping me and my mom was like so I ended up having to say it to my mom but I just said oh I had sex it's fine and then now, I don't know why, I'd, I, I thought maybe if I showered, it would stop the bleeding. I thought it would ease it up. And I remember sitting, I got out of the shower, and I was sitting on the toilet. And I can't remember if I was naked or if I still had a towel around me. And I asked one of the girls to put my bra on. I could not move, I just couldn't do anything for myself. I remember she put the bra on and the second she put the bra on it was like this cold feeling just from my head straight down to my toes just kicked in and I just started roaring at her I was like what are you after doing what are you after doing she was panicking she was like Leah I didn't do anything I just put your bra on so I got her to take it off and then with that I was gone on the bathroom floor and I woke up with I think I woke up with a spoon in my mouth because someone was trying to stop me from swallowing my tongue and then people, like, I know my sister was slapping me in the face, trying to get me to come around. So someone had called paramedics anyways, and the paramedics came in. And they, there was a, they explained the situation or whatever. And they brought me to the hospital. And I was supposed to go to, I remember getting straight into the hospital, and I knew there was something wrong anyways, because of the way they were going. And I was meant to go to a different hospital. I don't know what hospital I was supposed to go to, but I was brought to James's hospital. And everybody was called in to say goodbye to me because they genuinely thought I was going to die. So I had everybody coming in one by one. I had three detectives. The hospital called the police and I had three detectives. I had two males and one female. And I remember two male detectives standing at the end of my bed, bawling their eyes out looking at me about how bad it was and now I couldn't the, the female that I had she was an absolute saint I couldn't fault her in any way even afterwards she was still checking in on me everything she was so nice and you know everybody had to come in and everybody had to say goodbye and me still not understanding the whole thing you know I didn't get it and they were like they had to bring me off to get uh, emergency vaginal reconstruction because when he did what he did, he had torn me completely inside and I had to get the whole thing redone. Um, and like, you know, I don't know, like, he wouldn't. It's just, I still sit there, like, and I'm still thinking, did it happen? 
You know, did that happen to me? Was he convicted? He was with the DPP for nine months. And uh, they decided not to press charges. There wasn't enough evidence. But the female detective was in the house that day because she came to tell me. Instead of phoning me, she, she came up to the house to say to me. And uh, she was like, like, she was fuming. I'm, like she was genuinely fuming and she says to me she was like I'm going to be honest it's not because there's no evidence she was like they just don't want to pay the money for the case and that's, that's, that was her exact word she was like the DPP don't want to have to put this forward because then they'd end up spending a fortune so and as far as I know he went on to do it to someone else um, and I, I've, I've seen him since Later on in years, I did see him. And obviously, I took a panic attack a few times, but like that stayed with me. I tried going back to school afterwards. Hang on a second, I'll get your tissue. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Take your time. You think after all this time I wouldn't get upset? <laughs> never, you know, never, like, no, I'd never think that. How long were you in hospital for? I was in hospital for a few days. I had the surgery and I had to get a blood transfusion as well because I, I don't know what way it works. I don't know if it's litres or points they go by, but I'd lost five. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I lost the majority of my blood. Um, and so I had to get a blood transfusion. And I remember getting home and... Jesus, I just, I just lived on the sofa, you know. And now, obviously, I had my friends coming in and out to see me and whatever else. Now, Did you see those girls that were in no, the house? No. No, they got into the. They were reefed into the station, and uh, no, they kept. They for they forced tried to say that I was uh, on drugs and I had drink in my system, and uh, obviously the guards were like, well, "What's the first thing to check you for when you go to hospital? Is drugs and alcohol?" And obviously I didn't have any. So then they kept changing their story. I think their story changed like three times. Um, Do you think, I don't know, this is maybe not a question to ask, but I'm going to ask it. Do you think they set you up? Everybody says that. You're not the first person to say that. Everybody says that. I do. You were 17 and he was 16. Yeah. And all the other girls were 16 as well. And, like, it's funny because their parents thought, oh, well, I was the older one. I was the one that was out doing these things, and I was the one, the bad influence, when it wasn't me. It was them who were out doing their own thing, and I was the one who wasn't, you know? So I don't know. No, everybody has said that to me. But, like, I tried going back to school, and, uh, no, I couldn't. Were they in your school? They were in my class. They were in your class. Yeah. And the first day you went back, what was that like? I was hell. Everybody in the school knew me as the girl I got raped, so. What did you do? Did you leave? Yeah. Principal pulled us in as well. Principal pulled me my in and was like saying it was causing too much for the school. There was too much, uh, like, 
people poking their nose in and wanting to talk to people and stuff like that and it was best she didn't ask me to leave she just said it was best if I left now I was in sixth year so I didn't even get to do me leaving cert and it's always something that stuck with me because I always wanted to do it you still can I still can yeah it's never too late no, it's not. you still can do your yeah. leaving cert put it on your list yeah and when then you came home then like where is your mum what's your mum saying to you Jeez, I don't even know I just know they were all heartbroken I don't know how I would deal with that as a it mother. wasn't like like yeah it happened to me but I know it was I know it affected the family an awful lot as well you know which it would like I couldn't imagine like I have a six year old and I couldn't imagine I'm do like I'm doing everything I can to protect her from this happening to her. I would never in oh do you know it's something you wouldn't even wish on anybody. No matter what. No. And like I suffered really bad, like I was diagnosed with post traumatic stress disorder after that and like I'd I'd kinda always kinda had mental like I was always kind of like suffering with depression and stuff like that from a young age but when this happened that it just kind of finished me kind of so like straight away I was in seeing all the therapists you know and in all the clinics and they would just oh here look here's antidepressants rather than talk to me about it they would just dose me up and keep open the, the dosage on the tablets that was that was the answer you know like now I have to say the, the rape crisis and they were fantastic because the, the, the day after I had the surgery the operation I was supposed to go to them but I couldn't obviously leave the hospital so they came to me um, and gave me all like you have to get like injections and medication to kind of stop STDs and stuff like that um, but they were genuinely like lovely and I went to the clinic a few times after that but like I never really like I've done counseling and stuff like that but I've never really talked about this you know and it's only like I thought I was doing okay I hit the age of 20 and it was the 12th of February because I really get funny around February it's a really awkward kind of time for me like, even after I don't celebrate Valentine's Day. Do you know? No. So, like, it was, I was 20, and it was, uh, I could have been, I don't know. Like, the 12th of February, I think it was. And I tried to hang myself. Because it just got too much. I couldn't deal with it. And I ended up in a psych ward in James Hospital. What was that like? I met some lovely people in there now, I have to say. Um, but it was a... It was like... Jesus, oh it was like one flew over the cuckoo's nest mixed in with, like, girl interrupted. And, like, there was all sorts of people in there. With they, like, there was people in there just with depression. Then there was bipolar, schizophrenia. You know, you had all these people mixed. And it was just chaos all the time. There was never a quiet moment. You know, so it was, I was there for a few weeks. Um, what does that do to you in the psych ward? Like, you can't shower on your own. 
you can't like you're not even allowed to have a phone charger you know if you like if you want the razors like to shave you have to ask them and they have to be in there with you while you do it and they have to watch it they can't take their eyes off you and also like in the ward i was in there was like a glass like panel kind of you were behind and you had to be buzzed in and out you weren't allowed to leave there was a garden down below and i had to I think I had to wait like a week or something like that before I was allowed to go out into the garden. And even after that, you had to have someone with you. And what was it like seeing other people in war? Not worse, I don't mean to. No, do no. Do you know what I mean? It was... Makes you really sad. Like, it does make you really sad because I got really close with this man and... For life, me, I can't remember his name. Don't worry about it. But he was absolutely lovely he was an older man he was his 60s 70s and he suffered really bad with depression really bad and he came into me and i'll never forget it. i don't know why i guess like i'm he came into me and he was like leah i'm i'm they're they're sending me off they're, they're sending me to uh just i don't know what the name of it was called another hospital and they were sending up to get electric shock on the brain because apparently that cures it that's that's a treatment for depression. And that can cause, he was telling me, it can cause the likes of memory loss and stuff like that. I didn't know they did practices like that. Mm. I don't know if they still do, mm. but they were sending them off to do that. Jesus Christ. And I, that, that was the first I'd ever heard of that. So that genuinely scared the shit out of me. Because mm-hmm. I was saying to myself, then what if they think I need to do it? Like, what if that's where I'm going next, you know? And it was just, it was a really huge shock to your system. You know, and I remember a doctor as well saying to me that when people leave, they tend to relapse and they tend to be back in within a week. There was, a, there was another person there, he was absolutely lovely. He was only in for bipolar, I think he had bipolar, yeah. And he had left, got a taxi straight to the lift, he threw himself in and ended up back in. Because you're in there for so long as well. To pe- pe- to like get used to security get, Yeah, you know, and then being chucked out. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what to do then. It's it's like starting all over again. How long did you last in there? I was in there for... She said, I think it was about three, four weeks. Okay. And then they told me I could go home. Did you want to go home? I did. I was excited, but then I was also, you're excited, but... Scared and nervous, you know, in case of anything. But I kept, there was this one doctor and I kept, uh, he was so lovely. I think he was from, I think he was from Africa. And he was just like a teddy bear. He looked, he mostly worked the night shift and, you know, and he just kept talking to me and he was like, I don't want to see you back in here. You've not to be back here. And I was like, no, I'm not, I promise you I'm not going to come back in. I got let out. And I think I was back in the same night. Really? Yeah. Why? I just had an absolute breakdown and just couldn't handle it. Were you sent home? I was was sent home. They sent me home. Everything was grand. And obviously, like, I had went out then that night. I don't know why, but I thought it'd be a great idea. Let's go. Went out. Drink, obviously, involved. Didn't help at all. And, uh... Ended up back in that night. And when you go back in, you go through A&E. 
and then you have to go to like I don't know what way it is now but at the time you had to go to a little room and then they had to stick a porter at the door and the porter had to sit there and watch you for however long it was before like a doctor could come down and see you but the doctor came down anyways after I don't know how many hours it was could have been the whole night I was there um, my sister was with me and then a doctor came down and was like yeah, I think you're alright you can go you're okay and then sent me home. And it was just, and then after that, it was just, we'll up your dose, we'll up your dose. And that's all they kept doing. And I remember going to one of the clinics. And my, I remember my mom went with me and she lost the fucking head. Because we were in the clinic, like we were sitting there in the waiting room and there was a woman there. And she was just, she was like a zombie. She wasn't herself at all. And I think... She had said she was on, she was talking to someone kind of, but she was saying like how much of a dosage she was on. And I was like, I don't want to be like this. And my mum went in and she lost the plot to the doctor and was like, he's, instead of listening, he's just feeding her. So you never gave you counselling? No, I never got counselling. I had to go and get that myself. And that was, I only did counselling. I think I started counselling. About four years ago three four years ago and i met an absolute saint of a woman and like like i, I always say like if you don't have a good relationship with your counselor it's not going to work mm. and there's just there was just something about this woman that i clicked with um now i didn't just like it was nice because we, we did finally i started to open up and speak about the rape which i never had done before like i just kind of i don't know i put this like shield up and was like I'm fine that's me I like and like you can ask my husband I I still do it like I'm fine and he absolutely hates when I say because he always says don't tell me you're fine but like I didn't like she we didn't just talk about the rape we obviously talked about other things as Mm. well and she helped me deal with an awful lot and even things that you don't think Mm. are bothering you but like you with the furry you get into you're like I didn't even know that was there. Like, but um, take it back for me. With um, you said there about the hospital, so and then in the clinic and the dosage. At what point did you just did you stop taking the meds? Or did I you stopped st- myself. Okay, I just no, I know that's and I'm, it's the worst thing to do. They tell you to ease yourself off. Um, but like I stopped. Thought I could like I just thought I'll be fine. That's grand. Um. And then a few months afterwards, I met someone and thought the sunshine there was ours. And I thought everything was going to be okay. And I was maybe like really young and stupid and I thought everything was going to be fine. And, you know. Do you think he was going to save you? Yeah. Trust in people is my biggest downfall. I, I, and I... I see the good I try to see the good and everybody trust too much yeah okay um I met this person and I don't know did you tell them about yourself yeah you know when people promise you the moon and the stars and it's never gonna happen to you again you know, I'm never gonna hurt you and blah 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 and you fall for it and like and I like I know this isn't a thing but like well, but 
I never really had a father in my life, so I always wanted that male presence kind of... Protector. Yeah. Get that. You know, because, like, growing up, we only had, like, we had my granddad. He was, like, he was, like, our dad. And he died when I was young. Like, I think I was about eight when he died. And then I had an uncle. And um, he died when I was about 13. I think he had a brain hemorrhage. I thought it was really sudden. But, like... I've always kind of, like, it was always just, like, it was always a woman kind of family. Like, my mum was always, like, she raised four girls on her own. Right. Um, and obviously we had, like, my nanny was there and, like, Take your time, you don't have to say anything. And my nanny was my world. She died seven months ago. So, it's a bit fresh. Of course. And she used to mind you? No, we minded her. Mm. <laughs> she was a very strong woman, but like she had, oh Jesus, I can't remember how many hip replacements and everything she had. And she was just... She was that one good person? Yeah. But like if she didn't like something, she'd say it. She wasn't afraid to open her mouth and see if you put on weight, she'd let you know you put on weight and if you look like shit, she'd tell you. You know, mm. she was that kind of person, but, like, I, like, because I, I think I went up to her all the time, like, I used to stay with her every weekend, without fail, and she'd, like, make a little bed on her floor, out of, like, about ten blankets, and I'd always wear a jumpers going to bed, and, like, our nighties and stuff like that, and, like, even at that, like, I have some of our nighties and have our jumpers, I have a pair of our runners and everything at home, <laughs> um, but, like, she was the one, like, she'd always end up in hospital. And she'd always end up coming out. Mm-hmm. You know, she was that woman, you just think, she's never going to go mm-hmm. anywhere. Nothing's ever going to happen to her. And she had only turned 80. And, uh, I don't know, I got a phone call just to say she went into hospital with a urinary tract infection. Um, and that it wasn't looking good, and I was to go to the hospital. Um, I was there for the next, like, two days and was with her when she died. Good. And you know the way people say, like, oh, it was very peaceful. Mm. It wasn't peaceful. No. No, it wasn't peaceful at all. It's like... I just remember, like, when it was happening, we were all in the room and I just remember her gasping. You know, and it's a, it's it's an image, and it's a sound that I'll never be able to get out of my head, and I don't think anybody will. Did you get counselling for that? No, you should. I know. There's a lovely um page, um Kathy. It's called Grief Ireland. I'm on it. Mm-hmm. I actually, I think I found it after my nanny, so it's kind of. Helping a little bit, but obviously, like, it's still, it's so, like, I I actually can't talk about her without getting upset, you know, and... You should probably just pick back up with the counsellor. Mm. Just pop in. Yeah. Have a session. Yeah. I've no, I've been looking, because even after, like, I obviously, 
wasn't coping very well after she passed and I knew myself things aren't right and I was like I need to get myself to the doctor so I was talking to the doctor they sent me off specialist and everything else and they diagnosed me with BPD what's that? It's borderline personality disorder okay and it stems from trauma and they were like, have you suffered any traumatic things in your life? And I was like, well, how long have you got? <laughs> so I had to talk to them about it. And they were like, well, obviously, like, so much has happened. Mm-hmm. So no wonder you need this or you need the medication. Mm-hmm. So I'm back on antidepressants. And since, the, like, since being back on the antidepressants, I have noticed a huge change and a shift. Mm-hmm. And even my husband has said the same thing. You know, it's, it's different. How is it manifesting itself with your depression? Before I started the mm. medication, it was really bad. Didn't want to do anything. Didn't want to get up out of bed. I didn't want to wash myself. Just kept, I was like, I don't want to be here. I really don't want to be here. What took you to the doctors? My kids and the husband. <laughs> I was like, I don't want that. Like, I don't want the kids looking at me like that. I don't want to grow up and remembering that side to me. I know it can be better. And yeah, I'm getting there. Mm. It's, it's not going to be like the way people like. As well, like I think what's helped me is I was really, I was a very religious person growing up, and that's down to my nanny. Mm. She'd always bring me. She'd have days prayer meetings. I think they were every Thursday. <laughs> And every tour, they were, they were in someone's house. There was always these two, two women who held it, so they, they took turns. And I always went religiously with her. I went to the church where we went to knock. You know, we did, we did all the prayer stuff mm. and the, the church stuff. And I think when, after what happened with the rape, I kind of just started doubting things, you know. Um. And just when I started to doubt things, and just when I was losing it, I had a family member who was going to a born-again Christian church, and she wanted to bring me. I was like, right, well, I'll go, give it a go. And uh, I don't know, it was, I fell in love again, kind of, you know. It was a different type as well. It was completely different to the Catholic church. It? Yeah, it's fantastic. So much energy and it's it's a different like if you if you haven't experienced it it's something to go at least once and there was a pastor over from south africa and uh she was over with her husband she brought me like she brought me up and you know just talking to me and i i was chatting to her afterwards and i really just connected with her and now I was, I think I was, I could have still been seven days. This could have been a few months after everything mm. happened. Or I was 18, I'm not sure. And like I'm 29 now and I'm still friends with her. Really? Still friends with her. She does her, she does her lives on Facebook and everything. And I still watch the lives. And I, like, you know, so I still, it's, it's, I got back more, like more into it with lockdown, obviously. Mm. And it's really just helped. You know, like. Without you know, like she talks about different things wherever it goes. But I remember once stood out, and it was all about forgiveness, and just with what was going on in my life at the time, it really just 
stood out to me. Mm. Like I even had the husband listening to her and he was like, this, yeah, he was like, <laughs> I'll give you, it's real relaxing or something. Mm. He was like, it's nice. But he even said when I started watching it again and got, like, you know, listening to her, he was like, you, 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 you changed. Mm. You know, you, you became more upbeat and positive and my outlook then became different. I wasn't so negative because I was really like, oh, what's the point? You know, What's the point of this? What's the point of that? But now I, I'm more like I'm, like now I'm a very optimist. Like I'm very, I just see the good. I've always been like that, but it just, it just hid away for a while. It's okay. You know. Tell me about when oh, the rape happened. Yeah. He didn't get charged. You see him on the street. You see all that, and then you meet somebody and. You fall head over heels in love, mm-hmm. and oh, what you think was love? Yeah, exactly. And you put all the trust and everything. Um, you would explain what had happened to you, and then it was great at the start. Mm. Great for a while. Okay, and then red flag started. Like what? Lies. Lies were a big one. Um, and his temper. Um. What kind of lies? He told me I had cancer. And I believed it. What do you mean? He said he had testicular cancer. Okay. And he did, and I found out that it was just a cyst. Okay. Um, he was a very... He was a very charming person. You know, he knew what to say, when to say it. He had everybody wrapped around his finger. He was older than me. So, I, like, you'd think, like, the older, the more mature and whatever, but it's not really the case. And I had girls constantly texting me, saying that they were with him. And him saying, oh, that's a load of shite. I, I, I don't know who they are. I don't know what they're talking about. But like one person told me they were with him. Um, she was like, oh, I suppose he told you he had cancer as well. I was kind of like, well, like, well, you're saying you don't know her. Like, what's going on? And he was like, oh, I don't know who she is. I don't know who she is. And, you know, kept saying, like, kept warming his way back in. And I just got too far into it with him then. Did he put his hands on you? Yeah. He was violent. Both physically and mentally. Um, Can I ask which is worse? I think mentally. Do you? I do. Because it stays with you. Things they say stays with you. You know, when they start believing things. Like, you but he says things to you and you start believing it. You know, like, he would say, like, nobody loves me. Like, I stopped talking to family and everything and... You know, family don't even love you. Family don't want you. This and that. And they, it's like you believe it. Mm. You know, and then it's like controlling what you wear, controlling what you put up on Facebook, whatever. Like whatever goes online would have to be approved first. You know, like I had to make it out as if we had the perfect relationship when it wasn't the case at all. It was the complete opposite. 
But then when people would see it, it be all smiles. Did he isolate you from everybody? Yeah. I had nobody. Literally, I had nobody. I spoke to no one. Did people try and help you? They didn't, they didn't. I like, I'd laughed a few times. Like, I just don't think the support that I needed was there. It's like it's not a constant support. It's like, oh, here she goes again. Yeah. She'll never leave him. Yeah. Where you need someone to realise that one day, people like and people, I am going to live. People knew, like the people knew what he was doing. People seen it. People heard it. But nobody said anything. Why do you think people don't say it? I think people are afraid to say something in case then the girlfriend sides with them. And attacks you for mm. I think that's what it is. Mm. I think people are just afraid to open their mouth and say something. Whereas, if I seen it, I'd say something. And I know my husband would say something. Mm. He wouldn't shy away from opening his mouth or doing something. You know, if he's mm. seen someone hitting a woman, he'd be the first person to go up and fucking do something. You're fine. Was it on the streets or was it in the house? Did you oh. live with him? Yep. Okay. That was both. I remember. I was bringing him out for his birthday and I had a hotel booked. And he was working. He was like, right, get my clothes ready. Iron short, whatever else. Blah, blah. And you did that? I did that. But he was a very OCD person. And I remember getting to the hotel. He took like I oh he took everything out, um, and the short had creases in it. So there straight away, that was his mood world. But he still went out. We went out, had a few drinks with whoever was there. It was grand, and he waited till we went back to the hotel room to then beat the fuck out of me for having the short like the for for creases in the short. Did you know all night that the beating was coming? I knew it was coming. Just from the way he was, the way he was looking at me. You know, like, even even when you were out, he'd, like, have this thing where he'd like, squeeze your hand or press his fingers into your side. You know, letting you know you've done something wrong. He's not going to say what you did wrong. He's going to wait till you get home. Or then there was sometimes where he didn't wait till you got home and he fucking... That, like, he wouldn't, if we were out in a pub or something like that, he wouldn't hit you in the pub. But he, by God, like, he'd roar abuse at you. And then it'd be like, right, we wait till you get home. You know, I got, another time he was out on the car all night and I was in the house. He came back, started a row. And I got a full can, it was a full can of Coke. And he smashed it off the side of me here and split my ear open. Did you have many hospital visits? I didn't, I didn't. You know, like I... Did you hide a lot? Yeah. And no one. I remember being in one of the shopping centres, talking to a girl I knew, and I 
like I was told if I had any if there was any kind of like bruises or marks in it that people could see don't go not until they're gone but I obviously went out and I had a black eye and I put makeup on it and I went to a shopping centre and one of the girls saw me and she asked what had happened and I just said like oh I was in a hotel or something and I fell and hit my head off the lamp or the, the, the desk or something I think I said she knew she just knew she was looking at me and he came over then and she said what happened to Lou's eye he was like oh she fell I'd either always fall or I'd walk into doors, presses. I was very clumsy. Did he always say sorry? He did at the start. And then the sorries got less and less. Did he? Yeah. And then it became my fault. You know, it started off with the sorries. It started with the flowers. You know, then trips away to hotels or something like that to say sorry. And then after, after a while, it was my fault. And then people are like, oh, why didn't you leave? If it was so bad, why didn't you leave? And I'm like, I had nowhere to go. I felt like I had nowhere to go. And I just remember one day, like he was constantly cheating on me as well. That was always happening. And sometimes he'd admit it, sometimes he wouldn't. And then when, like, it would never happen again. Same with like, he'd never hit me again. And I had this thing where I was like, I can... I just kept, I, I can change him, I can save him. Why do women do that? Not just women, I know it's men as well who think they can change. We just have it in us where we think we can save people and we have to then just say to each other, they're not, they're not going to be saved. There is no saving that person. I Did anyone say that to you? Yeah. Yeah. I had a male friend. Well, I was like, now this is a male friend I had before I even met him. And I would text him, like, and he, he knew what was going on. Because I'd say to him, I'd talk to him, but I couldn't tell him that I was talking to him. Mm. And he used to always say to me, what are you doing? Get out. You know, just get the fuck out. Um, I remember, like, you'd have to delete the texts. I couldn't have him knowing that I was mm. texting him. Working my knuckles and nerves. Um, do you find in situations like that or in situations that as a woman you feel easier telling another man about it than telling another woman about it I don't know I just told him because we were friends for so long Okay. if I had girl friends like I'm sure I would Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Said it's them. I know there was, like, you, you, you get yourself into these little groups on Facebook. Mm. And I got myself into this group and I had these girlfriends and I know I did say like certain things to them. I don't know if I ever told them he was physically abusive. Mm. Not sure. Just I can't remember. But I do remember when I decided to leave him and it was I think I he I I can't remember what it snapped. I think it was a wall sticker. I think that's what it was. I think a wall sticker didn't go on the wall the way he wanted it. I think it was crooked. And before he was to start work, and that was that I got the backlash of that. And he left for work. Like, that was grand. Just during the day, he left for work as if nothing happened. And I just sat there and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I remember I rang my mum. And I wasn't, we weren't speaking. I said, I need to get out. And my mum says, well, why now? I was like, if I don't get out now, like, either I'm going to kill him or he's going to kill me. I need to go now. And I literally packed whatever I could get my hands on and left. Got a safety order and everything. Good for you. We, we have to be very clear that there's always somewhere to go. Yeah, even if you think there isn't. Yeah. There is. Like, I, even before I contacted my mum, I was in contact with ladies from Women's Ed. Um, and they were telling me, like, little, like, I wouldn't say safe houses, but safe places that mm. you could go. But when I was trying to get to them, some of them were full. Okay. You know, and that just goes to show you the amount of women that are going through it. You know, that we... Like, you, you'd look at a couple and you think, oh, geez, they're lovely. You know, they're a great couple. But you wouldn't have a clue what's going on behind closed doors. Mm. Either she could be killing him or he could be killing her. And then you see them and they're all smiles. That was you and him for such a long time. Mm. How long did you stay there for? Too long. Mm. Absolutely. Way too long. Should have left the first time I seen a sign. And again, 
There's always somewhere to go. You think there's nowhere to go. So anyone listening to this, they need to know there's always somewhere. Like a parent, a family, it doesn't matter. They'll always love you. So they'll always take you in. Yeah. And you know what? Maybe your ma was right. I say that to you. Why now? Yeah. So that you knew in your head, why now? And why you had to get out? Because I remember the second she said that, I just, that was, I was like, I'm going to kill him. And I knew that that's, like, if it could have been a completely, like, different scenario. Like, if I'd have stayed there, I could have been dead. Or I could have done something to him, and now I could have been doing jail time for, you know? And then, like, you hear about all these women and that are going through, or, or they, all these women who are dying at the hands of someone else. And it's... I don't even... Th- I don't think you have to be in that place to to be upset about it or to, to fully grasp what's going on. You know, it affects everybody. We... Like, like I'm sure you probably know someone who has had it happen to them. You know, I think everyone has someone they know. And it shouldn't be like that. What advice do you give the outside person looking in on the relationship? I don't know. I'd say, like, there is science there. You know, you just need to kind of look for the right ones. Like, I know there was science with me and him because then it's afterwards that after you leave and people are like oh I knew that that was happening or I heard this or I seen that but I didn't want to say anything you know I think if people have their suspicions say something speak up yeah I genuinely think that if you think something is going on with someone you don't have to go straight to them and say here is he hitting you or you know just is everything okay are you happy? Does he make you happy? You know, something... You don't have to jump straight into it and go with the really heavy questions. You know, start off small even, make them trust you. And then maybe they'll open up. Because a lot of people, probably especially... Maybe fathers or brothers or maybe mams, you know, that would probably just jump right and I'll fucking kill him. I'll kill him. And that's not necessarily what you want to hear. No. Or like, I don't know, even if I, like if my dad was kind of like really, like I've only started really speaking to my dad in the past, like just before my nanny passes when I start kind of talking to him. Did he know what happened to you? Which which case? Both. Yeah. He knew. <laughs> shouldn't smile. He, my dad was an alcoholic. Very bad alcoholic. And he wasn't a very nice man when he was drinking. Um, we wouldn't see him a lot. be very, like, odd time. Um... But, like, if something happened, my mum would still let him know. Mm. He looks, someone was in the hospital or whatever. So that happened, anyways. Now, I, I 
I think he came down to the hospital. But no, he actually didn't. But the whole, when I got raped, he didn't come near me. But I remember a few months afterwards, I had a friend staying over. I'd always have sleepovers with her. And she was staying over. And um, could have been about... Really early morning. Could have been about six or something like that. And I was like, what? What's that fucking noise? Mm. And um, it was like really loud music. And we were up in bed. And uh, I looked out the window. And I just seen the Jeep outside. I was like, what the fuck? You know, he didn't get out of the Jeep. He just sat there. And I went in and woke my sister. And uh, I said, Taz outside, Taz outside. And I was panicking. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? And she went to, and she was trying to get him to go. He was pissed drunk, and he was looking for me. He wanted to take me, excuse me, he wanted to take me and the chap who raped me. He wanted me to find him and bring the two of us up to a mountain and shoot the two of us. Because what happened was, after bringing shame onto the family, more or less, on his side, is what he said. Now, since I've spoke to him about it, like, I've kind of, like, we haven't, like, I don't have a relation. I, d- I don't know. Mm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I don't know what he likes. I don't know mm. what he's into. Nothing like that. But I, I got, like, told he was sick and everything else. And I ended up starting to talk to him again, like, 20, like yeah, 2021. And I met up with him once. Now I haven't seen him since. And it was just like... It was like meeting up with a stranger. Mm. You know, and... You, well, that's what he, he was. Yeah, and mm. he's trying to talk to you about things and he doesn't know you. And then you you say, like, you try to tell him certain things. Like, oh, well, do you not remember this? And do you not remember that? And sure, he's like, oh, well, I don't know. Mm. He can't remember Jack shit. So, no, totally. Or like he'll say sorry, mm. but it's a very kind of like sarcastic sorry. Right. Is he still drinking? He says he's not. Mm. But I don't know. I've heard that one before. Mm. When does life start getting easier for Leah? When I let it. When did life start to change for you? When after? I met my husband. Okay. Tell me about that. He was like hounding me for ages, for months, to go out on a date with him. And I wouldn't. Um, he just wouldn't leave me alone. He was very persistent. I'll give him that. And I just, I don't know if I finally said, oh, right, I'll go on. Like, I think he said, like, I'll bring you for dinner. I think that's what caught me. I was like, what, like food, food? Like, you mean food, like proper food? And he was like, yeah, food. And I was like, right, all right. I was like, so not McDonald's or nothing. And he was like, no, we'll bring you to a restaurant. So we, we went out for food. Um, we, had, we, we went out to, where was it? it was the Paddocks. Is where he, now, he was from Dunlear. Mm. And I was in Dublin. And he was, after being with his job, he gets, like, sent away. Mm. So he was after coming back from, I think, Clare. I think he was in Clare for, like, last four weeks or something I'm not sure and um, he was only after coming home that day went home straight away showered 
straight up the road to me. Came up, picked me up, um, and we went to the paddocks. And it was supposed to just be food. Mm. But food turned into, there was a, a, a quiz on that. I said, sure, we'll stay for a bit and do the quiz. And we just, just we genuinely just clicked from the start. I don't know what it was about him. It's like he's like the male version of me and I'm the female version of him. And we just vibed completely. And from then on, like, we were just inseparable. And what, one, like, he was different. Obviously, I'm used to, like, all the Dublin lads and whatever. And I'm not trying to shade at Dublin Mm -hmm. lads, but, like, he was completely the opposite. He was pure, like, country book, you know, into his cars, his tractors and his lorries. Um, But he was different. He is different, like, he's very different. And How do you sit down and tell someone of the traumas that you've been through? Took me a while. Genuinely took me a while to say it. Because as well, like, are you thinking to yourself, is that going to put him off? You know, is he going to get turned off me and no one talks to me? Oh, she's too much baggage, fuck that. You know, so mm. you kind of have to build yourself up and you have to just, right, if I don't say it, it, it I need to say it now. But he was genuinely okay. Like, he was, he actually got upset when I was telling him. And I, I remember, I was like, why are you getting upset? And he was like, I just don't like the thoughts of anything like that happening to you. Was that different to telling the other fella? Yeah. Did you know in his reaction that I'm okay here? You're fine. I just think... I genuinely just thought I was never going to find someone to love me. Mm. And I did. Yeah. We were inseparable. Like, and what I liked about him was, like, as well, like, he never once tried anything with me. You know, the way blows can be... Mm. Like, Jesus, don't get me started on the date and saying, now I wouldn't be able for it. Mm. <laughs> like, he never asked for anything. Not once. We were even, like, we, we were a couple before we'd even slept together. Mm. <laughs> you know, that's mm. kind of, that's unheard of now, yeah. like. But that's how it was with us. Is that hard? After you've been through what you've been through. Yeah, like you could, you can go one or two ways, kind of, you know, you can either just shut yourself off and not, like, be terrified to give yourself to someone else, or you could just go off and just think nothing of it, you know, don't get me wrong, I was that person for a while, I think I'd just been so hurt as well, and that was kind of like, like, had blokes get the word women, why can't we fucking do it? Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, and 
I just knew him. You do, do, I, I just, I know straight away when I meet someone. I like now, not before. Now I know, I get a vibe off them, mm. and it's either good vibe or not so good vibe. Mm. And with him, the second I met him, it was just, I didn't feel like he was ever gonna hurt me. I didn't feel like there was anything there with him. And, like, he is, he's six five. <laughs> he's a big build bloke, but he is the softest man mm. you will ever come by. He's giving you some loud accent. <laughs> he's giving you some accent. Everybody says it, they're like, where it's are you unbelievable. from? <laughs> I love it. He's giving you some accent. Oh, I listen to all this shy talking. Like, even when I'm talking to my sister, right, half the time I'm like, no way. <laughs> you listen back on this and you be I like, know. oh my God. Like what the, way I, am I so talking? <laughs> the loud accent is very loud. But I love it. I love it. I have lots of friends. Um, as I said, my friends in RD as well, and I love their accents. Um, you said at the very top of this that you had weight loss surgery. Yeah. So... Did your weight suffer from... My weight suffered yeah. from having a baby. Okay. Um, I don't think we should say weight suffered, two, yeah, do you know what I mean? I have two kids. I have a six-year-old and a one-year-old. Um, when I had the one-year-old, I just piled on so much weight. And it wasn't like the last pregnancy. I just couldn't lose it. wasn't going anywhere. And I was trying everything all the diets i was trying slimming world i was trying nothing and when i say nothing i mean it wasn't even shifting a pound and i was so pissed off um and it was just i think that played into a factor as well with the way i was feeling and how down i was getting because i was like well i don't want him looking at me like this and i i i, I felt shit myself um and i found out i had an underactive thyroid so that's why I wasn't losing anyway. And that came through the pregnancy. Okay. I didn't have it before the pregnancy. Mm. But, like, I, it was so, it was genuinely soul-destroying when you were doing everything mm. and no one was walking. And I was getting, like, you know, like you're doing a diet and you're thinking to yourself, I'm going to be down weight next week. And you you have a build up in your head, you're going to be down and then you step on the scales and you're like, not even half a pound, nothing. Mm. And I'd be sitting in the house crying my eyes out because I would... Be. Now, I wouldn't have been mm. as big. Or people wouldn't have thought I was big. Like, my starting weight... Like, I went... Ended up going to Turkey. Um, and I had the slaves, so like, they remove... Like, I think it's like 80% of your stomach. Wow. So my starting weight was like 15.5 mm. and I've lost like just over three stone okay. since October. Why is everyone getting this done? Everyone's kind of done right now. I don't, like I, I'm I not, know. I worry I about it. I, wor- I wouldn't have thought about it. Okay. At all. I wouldn't have thought about it. It wouldn't have been for me. So sorry for all the sniffling. You're fine. <laughs> um, but... I was that desperate, genuinely that desperate to feel confident again. And like people now, since having it, people will mail me and ask me. But I will genuinely tell them, please, for the love of God, 
don't just go do it mm. just for the sake of doing it. Mm. Think about it. You know, it's it's a major. There's no going back. Really, there, there, you, there, it doesn't grow back. You know, that's it. Mm. Now you can stretch your stomach if you're mm. overeating and whatever else, but there is no going back with it. So unless you are desperate mm. and it's a last resort, don't think about it. Try other options. So many people. It's just that it's just so many people yeah. are getting it. Yeah, and it, people you wouldn't even think. Mm-hmm. You know, there's people getting that, not even saying they're getting it. Yeah, and I was just I'd. Well, like, I know people say, ah, you know, Jesus, you could just go to the morgue, you could go to the Weight Watchers, like, and as you said, you tried everything. I just, I'm worried, like, I'd, I'd worry for people getting it done because, I, 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 like, I'm, I'm one of those people that just, like, what's going to happen in five years' time? What's going to happen? Yeah. You know? Well, like, there is, I, I, like, I did do a lot of research and people who have had it and whatever, because people are like, oh, I get the band. Mm. They're doing away, like, not, you won't find a lot of places that will do the band. Oh, really? No, because there was an awful lot of issues with it. Mm. So, like, if you had the band, they've all gone kind of, the majority of them would go faulty. Yeah. And you end up having to go from the band to get in slave. Right. That's what an awful lot of people are now doing. Mm. You know. It's got a heart problem. My friend had the band and she had heart problems now. Yeah. And she had to get it removed. They the can't, but, like, it's, see, you can cause... You can cause problems to your heart because if you're losing weight an awful lot, like really, mm. really fast, mm. your body's going to be like, what the fuck's going on? Mm. You know, like you have to now get so much water into you mm. per day. You have to get like all your nutrients. So like protein is the main one. Mm. Like my hair is like I had to get a cut there like a few weeks ago because it's all falling out. Now I thought getting a cut would help. Mm. It hasn't. It's mm-hmm. still falling out in clumps. And I'm not the only one. It's just a side effect from it. Because you're not getting the nutrients your body needs. Mm. So, like, and worst case, there is people out there who are losing their teeth. Wow. You know, so it's like you have to look at all this before mm. you go and say, is this what you want? Yeah. And that's what I say to people, you know, because people, a lot of people wouldn't know that side of it. The amount of people, because I, I posted on my Instagram about the hair loss and people were like, yeah, I didn't know that that's a side effect. I yeah. had no idea. So I was like, yeah, you know, and your teeth can't follow in serious cases. Now, touch wood, yeah. mine haven't. But, you know, I want people to know the... Goods and bads. Yeah, I like I had a fucking shit time when I went over Did to you? Turkey. And I was like, posting before I went over and I was open about it. I didn't want to just go over, get it done, lose the weight. Mm. And people like, how did she lose all the weight? Mm. I wanted to be honest. Mm. And... That's what I was, and I was like, "Look, I'll fill you in. I'll tell you what exactly." Because there was people wanting to know. Mm, of course. So the clinic I went with, I heard so much good things about it, mm. and I did an awful lot of research, and I just kept hearing good things. I never saw a bad side or nothing. Mm. Um, it's only afterwards, like then you see the bad side, you know. Now, not everybody's going to have the same experience, and mm. I do say that to people like. You may have had a good time over there and your, your experience may have been better than mine. But mine was shit. And I, like, I went alone. I flew, like, okay. and, like, I suffered so bad. At, like, I couldn't even go into a shop on my own. Really? I have to have the husband beside me. <laughs> and if the husband doesn't come with me, I have to have the little one with me. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I had to always have someone. Sorry. You're okay. So I'm not crying. <laughs> and, uh, 
like, so I, having to fly to Tokyo was a massive, massive thing for me. And I went, and I ended up, there was groups, so I ended up meeting a few girls that were after going over, some from England and a lot from Ireland as well. Um, and they were all lovely. And obviously we're all there for the same reason. Mm. You know, and you'd be looking at some of them and you're like, you're smaller than me. Mm. Why are you here, you know? And I'm sure people were saying the same thing about me. Like, mm. But we got there and because England had been on such a lockdown and they weren't allowed, I think Turkey was a red zone yeah. for them, they couldn't fly. Yeah, we'll so they found a solution. Mm. Fly from England to Ireland, Ireland, Turkey. Okay. So this clinic had booked in so many people and we're doing so many surgeries in the one day. Yeah. I think I was the last surgery of the day. I thought I would have been that morning early. But no, Jesus, I think I went down about half five, six o'clock that evening and it's sitting there and you're waiting and oh. How long does the surgery take? Just, I don't know, actually. I think it's a few hours. I think. It's keyhole. Okay. Um, Now, unless there's a... Serious reason why you can't get a keyhole and they have to cut you open for it. Mm-hmm. You know, but the night before we had just gotten there and we got there late, after 12 or something, or it was fucking late. And they're like, right, food, we'll order what you want. And I was like, right, I'll get a pizza. Mm-hmm. Last meal, I'll get a pizza and coke or whatever. Um, and then after that, you have to wash yourself straight into a shower, body wash yourself, and you're off tests. So, and people are like, oh, but it's great that the tests are so fast. You know, whereas mm. if it was here, you wouldn't have them. Like, no, I'd rather. They were like, they were literally. They were all standing outside with bang, 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 and that was it. And you had people looking at your heart. You had people like looking at all different things, your lungs and everything, to see if you could get it and get the go ahead. Um. And like, it was. Then the next day, I got surgery. Up in the recovery room, and there was a girl beside me. I can't remember even who it was. And I was in fucking agony, agony. And the girl sitting over who was supposed to be watching us couldn't, I don't even think she could speak English. And she's sitting there with her phone up, Netflix on, not giving a flying shit about us. And I was begging for painkillers. I was like, please, I, I was sobbing. And uh, she was like, you know, um, went back up. From like from there on, it was kind of a bit funny. Like when you got there, like the, when you first got there, the person who ran the agency was straight Ooh. in for the payment. Oh really? Yeah, you couldn't even. Nobody read. Nobody could read what was on the right. Like you like forty pages that you had to sign, and we were told, "Oh, you can read them tomorrow, but for now, sign them." You know, that's the way it was, and and because everything was. Because it was, we were told it was so late in the night, you know, that that's why it was done that way. But there was women there who were going through hell. The, the, the one outside the hospital wasn't clean, and people would say, oh, the hospital was spotless. It was not clean. One girl saw all the hospital staff practising, trying to do bloods on each other, because none of them had a clue how to do it. Like, I remember, like, having... They they injected like they were putting the the 
And stays in. No, no, this is afterwards. And they're coming in to give you your pain, your pain yeah. meds and everything. And I kept saying, like, the thing, the, the, the catcher or whatever it's called. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It wasn't in right. And I kept saying it and nobody would listen to me. And I kept pumping in the stuff. And because it wasn't in right, my, like, my arm went out to there. Because like, it, it was all just stuck. Like, we, were, we all went home black and blue. Every single one of us went home in bits. Is it worth it, Leah? At the time, no, it wasn't. It, it wasn't, and I'll be honest, yeah. at the time, I just mentally, like, with what I had gone through, I didn't know. If I'd known this, I wouldn't have went. But mentally, with, what, with, like, with everything I went through, with the, the assault and everything, things will trigger me. Yeah. You know? Of course. Um, but people don't get that. People wouldn't understand that as much. But things, little things can trigger me and set me off. And when, we, when I was brought down for the operation, straight away, on the bed, and they ripped my gown off. They had, now, they had my hands tied to the bed and ripped my gown off and had me completely starkers on the bed. And I was sobbing with them. Like, I was crying. And I was begging them, please, can you, like, try, like, just cover me up and put me asleep before you... I thought that yeah. would be the yeah. humane thing to do. But no, nobody had listened and they put the thing over my mouth and I was gone. And all the other girls even said it. That, like, I'm, like I, I don't know if any of them had ever been through assault, but even at that, they even said it was just disgusting and degrading and it was, like, half of them were bawling their eyes out, begging them, please. Like, like I think even someone said, like, they seen... They, they had the doors open in the operating room and they were being wheeled down and seeing them taking out someone's stomach. They didn't even close the doors, you know, it was... It just didn't seem right. Nothing felt right. Nothing was seemed right. And people are like, well, why did you go through with it? So well, when you're there, you're on your own. You're after paying for it. You're not going to go, I'm going home. I, I can't do this. You know, that was, I was like, no, I'll just, I'll, I'll get just it done. And then afterwards, like, I put a video up on my Instagram. And I was like, I think it's like 30 minutes long. And I just said it out straight how my experience was. And, um, like, I caught a nurse not rubbing me, trying to rub me. And I wasn't the only one. People were having blue mortar with the staff in the hospital when I was there. And... my God. I put the video up. Yeah. I had the agency from the hospital ring me. I had the hospital. The main person that runs the hospitals rang me as well. And he was like, oh, this is the first time this has happened. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I'm looking into it. I had women mailing me. Like, and some of their stories had me in tears. Like, I was bawling my eyes out to my husband, who went to the same place and was telling me things. Like, and like, you know, family members who had went and their family members had passed away when they came home from it. Yeah. You know, because they had sepsis flying home and they it was never picked up and they died. And I was like, and then you had people who had their good experience with it and would go on and give me abuse. I had one person tell me to kill myself because I was making up lies. And then people, like, like in the comment section, there's people saying, like, but she's not making up lies. This happened to me as well. And, like, after all this came out, like, a light, like, and people seeing it and everything, I think the hospital changed their ways and maybe practically they said that they won't strap people down anymore and all this. They didn't realize... They didn't realize that that was happening. Um... All this, oh, shy. Can I ask you about 
again, I don't know about this. I just know some of it, some 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 people who've had it. What is it? Does and I don't know whether this is a slave or the band. So excuse me. Something about a food that runs through you or something like that. You can get like it's called dumping. So like, if you eat something, uh, well, can if you eat something, it, it, I think it just kind of slides straight into yeah, like, sliding food. Yeah, like it just goes through your intestine, and you're bang straight into the toilet. Like there are certain things that I can't eat. Like I remember having sweet potato, um, within the space of fucking ten minutes or something. Not even I was in the toilet vomiting, and the other side of me and. I so can't like I don't want to. There, be there is no. There are certain things you yeah. can't eat. Certain things yeah. like fizzy drinks. You can't have can't have fizzy yeah. drinks. If you want to have a fizzy drink, like say say if you want to have like a glass of prosecco, yeah, you've stored a fizzo, so you've stayed there for like ages and stored it with a spoon before it has to be completely defizzed down before you put that in. Because I don't want to come across. I I am against it. Okay, no, I'm just saying. Fine. I am. I am. I'm. I'm just like. Okay, I understand people want to do it to lose weight. And I hate, because I know a lot of my followers who've gone yeah. and had it done. And I don't judge anyone. I honestly, personally, no, personally don't judge. You don't have to want, like, yeah. you, you don't have but to I be just sorry, don't, yeah. I don't agree with that, yeah. okay? So, like, the slide of it. So, can you eat normally after getting that done? Oh, I do eat, but I probably only have, like, four bites or something. Okay. And I'm done. I'm a foodie. I'm a foodie. I love my food. I love my glass. Don't get me wrong. I... Like, I Loved food, loved it. So trying to get used to not being the same way you were before you went is really hard. And still now I kind of like if I'm really enjoying something, mm. and I can feel like four bites in, and I know if I have one more bite, I'm gonna get sick. Mm. I can't do it. And you're sitting there and you get pissed off. Then mm. you know I do get pissed off. I'm like, oh fuck! Like I just want to eat that and I can't have it. You know, you have to watch your carbs and like it'd be like a diet, but as well like like I've to avo- I've to avoid carbs, they say like so like rice, potatoes, bread, you know, all that. But it do like it is, it's not and when people say like one thing that annoys me though is people saying like it's an easy way out. Mm. It really isn't an easy way out and you have to go through what you have to go through and then the aftermath and you have to get used to all this and never taught that. You can't mm. eat what you used to be able to eat, and you can't drink what you used to be. Able to. It's so hard. It really is now, like because like, you have to wait six weeks as well for alcohol. And I wanted. I used to like having a baby. No, like it'd be very, very no, I rare. Know, I know, but like a Bailey's on ice. Mm-mm. And I remember I was I was able to have a drink, and he, the husband, had got Bailey's, and he was like, "Do you want to have Bailey's?" I was like, "Oh fuck, like I'll have a Bailey's bit ice." It's grand. No, can't touch it now. Because obviously me not thinking, oh, it's heavy cream, like it's more mm. or less cream. Mm. Just, I was in the toilet for the whole night. The whole night I was in bits, stomach pains, cramps, everything. You know, there is times where I'll sit there and I'll be like so upset and I'll be crying. Because like, I remember someone who had it done and she said to me like, you're more or less tasting your food. That's it. You know, like there, I went out for dinner for my birthday Friday and I got a starter. Everybody else got mains and starters, and I got a starter, and the starter was tiny. And even at that, I couldn't finish it. You have to wait half. You so you can't, you can't, um, you can't drink a half hour before you're going to eat. You can't drink a half hour after you've. There, like, there's so many, and like, so like, it's it's it. I used to like eat my dinner, have a sip of something, but I can't do that now. 
You know, so even if you're out having a drink with your food, you can't have a you can't have a sip of wine with your food or anything like that. You have to sit there then for a half hour. It's really awkward because we first went out. Um, our, my first ever time going out for food, and it was with him and baby, and we went for breakfast and a coffee, and I got scrambled egg. That, that's all I got. I got a plate of scrambled egg, and I was like sitting there and I was eating, and I had my coffee, and I was like, "Fuck, I can't have my coffee." I was like, oh, bollocks. I was sitting there and like, I was, I was like, I have to wait a half hour. I was like, it's going to be cold. Mm. Like, you're going to have to drink the coffee. So, and I was raging. You do know, you regret it? I do and I don't. I'm going to be honest because a lot of people will say, no, I don't. I just regret not doing it sooner. Mm. I do and I don't. Like, I miss the old me. I miss the old being able to do whatever I can. Like, I know I've lost weight and it's great. Like, I'm happy in that sense because I've lost the weight and I'm, like, so, compared to what I was, like, I had no confidence. Mm. Now I have confidence again. Mm. I'm starting to fit back into old clothes, you know. It's mm. nice being able to fit in some tight stuff and not mm. have to worry. Um, but there will be parts of me where I do regret it. You know, that's why I genuinely will tell people to think about it before they even decide to go and get it mm-hmm. I don't want people thinking I'll just go get it you it's know. an easy way out I never taught you don't, you don't think of yeah. the, you know I never the, taught of that yeah. I taught like it's an easy oh, look, it's an e- I, I did I'll be honest with you yeah. again I'd say it is an easy way out but I never and, and I'd say well, just like do some more do, do that mm. but I actually never taught about your life and the adjustments you have to make after you've had it done like afterwards is really like I was in bits for about three weeks and then as well you have to come home like I was injecting myself in the airport on the way home because you have to in- inject blood thinners for the next 10 days so you have to do that and like I'm no hood with needles just can't do it so like having to I had to get the husband to help me inject myself and you know you're on stomach protectors for the next six months you're on like you have to take all your tablets all your multivitamins like I have to take I take Feck load of tablets like like biotin and seek help and stuff to help now to try and promote healthy hair growth because the hair is falling now. God, I wonder. I might say that to Denise, um, you know Denise Beth Phillips, and see. Yeah, because there has to be a way that to help women. See, this is it. People like, oh, have you tried this? Have you tried that? I'm like, I've tried everything, and the only thing that I am trying now is just taking the vitamins. So when the hair does grow back, it kind of will grow back a bit healthy. That's, I've kind of just said to myself, right, well, I can't stop it from coming out. If there's a way to stop it. What did the husband think? He was very supportive. Mm-hmm. He genuinely, he was like, just think about it. If, if, if this is what you want, go for it. But he was like, I don't want you to get it and then regret it. But he was genuinely very, very supportive. He wanted just me to be happy again, to, to have the old me back. Does like, he have the old you back? I think so. Like he live inside. Like there is, like even like it's weird. Like I, I don't let him see. Me, like I would before this, I wouldn't have let him see me naked. Mm. You know, and obviously after having two kids as well, my stomach mm. isn't the way it used mm. to be. Nothing's the way it was. But like now, it's kind of like there is. To, like he does see me naked now. <laughs> you know, whereas before he wouldn't have. Mm. It's weird, like, and 
he's even said he's like just like with little things he's like you wouldn't have done that before the surgery or you wouldn't have done that or mm. you know and it's like you yeah, know i know <laughs> just don't question it mm. just go along with it you know don't think about it until afterwards so is that the old you or is that in a new version of you I think it's it's a bit both. Okay. It's a bit both. Because, like, obviously when I met him first, I was just, I don't know what size I was. I don't know what weight I'd gotten myself down to. But I know, like, I think I was, like, a size 12. And then I'd managed to get myself down to, like, between 8 and 10. And then I met him, you know, when you're comfort eating. Tell you know, me about We used yeah. to, I used to love sitting down and pigging out with him and mm. stuff like that. Um. But, like, I was, like, I used to be confident enough and then just obviously the way started, but then after I had the baby. That was it. That was it. Um, before I let you go, because I know we've uh, we've a drive, we're going to have like, yeah. a conversation when I'm going to have a cup of tea. Um, just a couple of things I want to touch on. You said that um, you've seen that guy since and mm-hmm. you think he went and did it again? So I was told he went and did it again. Um but I don't think that came out that either. As far as I know, what I was told was he, the, the most that happened to him was his passport was taken off him. So he couldn't leave the country. And that's all I know. I haven't seen him in years. But when I did see him, I think I've seen him like three or four times. Do you think you're stronger now because of, not because of your husband, but you know what I mean, that you have, do you think you're stronger now? If you did see him now, would you? Or does it ever no, leave you? No, probably not. Never leaves you. I don't even think, even if he was beside me, mm. and I like if the husband was with me holding my hand, I think I would still, I think I'd be like a piece of paper and just crumble. Mm. I think, because then everything, it genuinely does, like it, like it will all come back. Like there's things like telly-wise and stuff, I can't sit down. Mm. Like I can't watch, I find it very, I'm very uncomfortable watching like anything like with like, Rape scenes or mm. assault, something like that. I, I get, I, I get up and walk away or something. I can't do it. Still, you know, and people to be looking like, what, what's wrong? With so your page ha- is there, and it was set up for the purpose, just an Instagram account, but also to help women yeah. and offer. And it's 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 kind of like it is heartwarming when you have people mailing you like like and saying. You, like you've helped me without mm. even knowing I've helped someone mm. and then they mail me and tell me that I've helped them and that they got out of a really bad situation or they were sexually assaulted or something and they they went about it isn't it mad like it's not mad but like isn't it like that we sometimes get comfort from someone else at being in the same situation as you yeah like my friend taught me grief like my friend said like she loved when a new grave was going in because she'd have someone to talk to, someone new to talk to yeah. about how she felt. And she's like, Because you're not alone then. You're not alone. You know, like, I think everybody kind of feels like they're alone, but they're not alone. Mm-hmm. There is people that are going through the same thing you've gone through or are going through. Just, I think just people need to open up. We need to. I don't know. I don't know what it is with society and it's kind of like, oh, we shouldn't be saying these things Mm. or we shouldn't open up about certain things. Mm. But I think it needs to change and people need to start opening up more. 
do you think there's still or even is there more shame around rape today than there was all those years ago I know it's not all those years ago for you so I think so and there's a lot of victim blaming mm. you know oh well what was she wearing she drank too much you know like after that I had a gynecologist I had to go and get checked after that and the gynecologist she was she, like I don't know where she was from she said to me while she was down there and checking to make sure everything was healing well she was like yeah. <clears throat> you're not going to let yourself get back into this situation again are you my mother was like, what the fuck did you just say? My mom was like, she didn't get herself into any situation. My mom lost the plot on her. Lost the plot. And that was a doctor. It's just the way people look at things, you know. Belief, doesn't they, it? People don't want to believe that another person can actually do that to someone. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. So, with um, the rape, rape and domestic violence, just shout out a couple of places like the Rape Crisis Centre yeah Rape Crisis Centre Women's Aid um, Pieta House actually as well if obviously for if you need someone to talk to God who else is there I'm trying to think well, the people can find where can they find you on Instagram uh, it's just I think it's just Leo Wynn 27 we'll tag you here and, yeah. and people can reach out but like if any, like, I, I'm, I'm always there to talk day and night to anybody. People don't need to know me. I don't need to know them. If someone just wants to talk to me about anything at all, even if it's about your dog, I'm genuinely there just to have chats and be a friend. And on that note, Leah, we'll leave it there. Thanks, Thank Rebecca. you so much for sitting there with me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.